Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh yeah. Talk Memphis. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Good afternoon, or good morning, I guess it is. It feels like it's afternoon already. I mean, it seems like we're just going through one day after another, and we get a little break with a little rain, but then all of a sudden, that heat index just jumps back at us. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Jeremy Jones, and we're going to be talking with Bob Dahl in just a few minutes. The reality is, we're going to talk about Greece and China and the economics and the end of the year and his top ten production uh, predictions and we just got a lot of cover. I mean, you know, yeah, it's always a, busy a, it's program. always a great time to have Bob on the show. Uh, he's he's great, great to get uh, a lot of good information from. And we've been talking about a lot of things in the economy lately. Well, you know, and he, I think we have him on the air. So let's go ahead and move into that because Bob, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. I know you're traveling, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. But first of all, I guess the thing I want to start with before we have to take a break is Greece has finally got their parliament to agree, and the EU seems to be moving forward. China seems to have settled a little bit of their volatility, and so uh, what do you think? Hey, I think we're moving on to earnings, which is a good thing. Uh, Gr- Greece is uh, Greece is um, calming down for the moment, and I think we'll be wrapping up. I'm calling it Greece crisis number three. <laughs> I assure you, somewhere down the line, there'll be Greece four. I have no clue how many months or quarters or years be from now, but Greece is not solved. Uh, that's a good point. Now, what do you think of China? China seemed to have a huge hiccup since about the middle of June. Is that settled down? Have they adjusted, or do you think that's the next big topic that we're going to be dealing with? I think it's settled down for now. It's the underlying economy that continues to slow, Jim, in my judgment, and that's what I've got to keep my eye on. Uh, it's, it's not a hard landing I'm worrying about. It's just enough to take the edge off. China's big, and when it's growing more slowly, people can sell less into China. Yeah, that's a good point there. Well, I guess the, the topic that everybody seems to want to know, you talked about earnings. Earnings, uh, some are coming in mixed. We've got some that are meeting predictions and some that are not. But uh, what do you think as far as uh, the, what we're going to see? And I guess before we take a break, I want to talk a little bit about rate hikes. But let's talk, first of all, what do you see as far as earnings right now? Yeah, so obviously, as you're pointing out, second quarter earnings are coming in fast and furious, but it's still early. Um, we've got uh, a little more than 10% of the S&P 500 reported, almost 20% of the capitalization. And on balance, the results are better than the lowered expectations. My view is after the weak earnings of the first quarter due to sluggish economy, rising dollar, falling oil, analysts went too far to the chopping block and reduced estimates too much, and we're going to now exceed those lowered expectations. And I think we'll even have better uh, earning surprises in the second half uh, as consumers start spending a little more money. So you are predicting a little bit of a second half uh, surge here. I mean, even I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. And I guess when we come back, uh, I, I guess I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts about, you know, Europe 
continuing to stumble, or has that is that over? I guess I'm looking at the economic data, and you're talking about Janet Yellen. Inevitably, she will do something by the end of the year, whether it's September or December. We expect a rate hike. I want to know more about that. Jeremy, I want to hear how he would put a portfolio together with what he's thinking, and then, of course, we're always going to review his 10 predictions that started in January, and he's got a scorecard, and he's not doing – of course, he doesn't normally do too bad, you know. <laughs> Exactly. He's doing a good job. If you're just tuned in, our guest is Bob Dahl. He will be back with us. You've heard him before. You hear him a lot all over the media, but we'll introduce him formally when we get back. So stay with us. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. My guest host today, of course, is Jeremy Jones. Jeremy, before we introduce Bob, you've got something about volatility, and I want to kind of get Bob's opinion on the volatility. He had predicted volatility a little bit in the early part of the year. Right. We're seeing that volatility, but you've got a statistic for us. Yeah, when you're talking about best performing, worst performing stocks, you know, everybody's always evaluating performance. But talking about last year, the number one performing individual stock in the S&P 500, during the calendar year of 2014, gained 124% last year. Now, that same stock, first half of 2015, has lost 21.8%, ranking it number 476 out of 500 stocks so far this year. So that just tells you how quickly things can change. Well, you know, and that's what Bob said. And of course, Bob Dahl is the chief equity, uh, the chief equity strategist and senior portfolio manager for Nuveen Asset Management, a frequent guest of ours, a frequent guest on MSNBC. And Bob, we have just welcome you to the program formally, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. You talk about volatility, Bob, that you feel like it's going to rise, and you talked about that as a prediction that we believe some sort of this corrective action uh, is, a, is a possibility, and yet you're saying that we look at the second half of the year as being a fairly strong half. Help us gain some insight into what you're talking about. Sure. Volatility goes in both directions. I've been doing this for 35 years. I love volatility because I've seen far more of it upside than the downside. In my views, we'll see some to the upside in the second half if earnings growth exceed expectations, and that will come if consumers spend a little bit more money. Well, let me ask that. And I mean, there seems to be a certain amount of optimism right now that uh, we're hearing and seeing. Uh, we we have a, our own little 
touch bases, you might say, in, in Memphis and the Mid-South area where we kind of, it's been, it's, a, it's an informal survey, you might say, but we can talk to some of the business owners that we talk to, and believe it or not, we can pretty much, not, not try to predict, but if they're optimistic, it's usually a pretty good sign. If they're pessimistic, it's not so good a sign. We seem to hear more optimism going on right now. Is that your thoughts, or is there this still underlying negativism? I think it's improving, but it's slow. I mean, I like to use the phrase, Jim, that this is the least believed economic recovery and least believed bull market of my career. And it, it is the, the source of our 10 predictions this year has a theme. It's called increasing belief. I simply believe by the end of the year there will be a few less pessimists and a few more optimists and that will come from the ranks of the consumer who say, you know, my life's not perfect, but it's better than it was. It's better than people are telling me, uh, and it's better than I thought it was based on there's some more jobs out there. Wage growth is starting to show itself a bit. Consumer net worth at an all-time high. I'm paying a lot less in my energy bills, so I have a little more money left over, et cetera, et cetera. When you talk about the negative, uh, the, you know, the, this thought process of a negative investor, Jeremy, we've got a, some data from the American Association of Individual Investors, which I thought was critical. But this is, share this with our, with our listening audience because it really kind of says exactly what Bob's saying. Yes, yeah, basically saying so individual investors, the percentage of individual investors that are bullish on the stock, U.S. stock market has declined since the end of 2014. So that's 52% of investors describe themselves as bulls, you know, uh, being aggressive on the portfolio, on the market as of 1231 and 14 versus 28% as of July 8th of 2015 this year. And the S&P 500 is up 2% year to date. So you're talking about, Bob, that's a, from 52% who, who actually believe that we've now see a decrease in this movement or thought process uh, of being bullish. And so that's kind of what you're saying. There's still this unbelievable thought process of the market. That's correct. It's, um, you know, we're six years into this bull market. We're in our seventh year of an economic recovery. Stocks have tripled in the last six years. And I find a lot of people still think we're in a recession. Yeah. It's amazing, the disconnect. Uh, you know, that's a, that is a unique thing. And you talk about consumer spending and people, you know, doing the things that they have to do. But you're talking, you mentioned earlier, too, about Europe. Uh, we talked about Greece, that you feel like it's Greece 3 now, and it will be Greece 4 at some point, and the euro probably. Greece will. I, I sense that there is a time and point out here that Greece will probably exit the euro uh, Euro, the European Union. I, I don't know what to be a prediction of that, but it just seems like they're just not willing to do that. Do you see Europe not sustaining any type of growth? They've had a decent first half of the year. Is that not going to continue? I think it'll be uh, slow. It won't be zero, as a lot of people thought at the beginning of the year, which took uh, interest rates in Europe, uh, German Bund, down to zero. That was way overdone on the pessimistic side, and things have improved somewhat. I emphasize the somewhat. I think Europe will continue to muddle through. They struggle with their structures we've been talking about, and Greece is the most a recent manifestation of that. They struggle with an undercapitalized banking system. Growth is difficult to come by, in part because the population of Europe is shrinking for the first time in modern history, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the thought of being China, uh, we've talked about Greece, we've talked about China a little bit, but um, this China thing, this this volatility in some of their economic, do you, do you believe the things they predict or they 
you know, you know, share with us? I mean, do you feel that we can believe what we're hearing, or what's your take as far as the the slowdown? Is that going to cause some problems? Uh, what's I guess I'm interested in your overall take of China. Yeah, my, my view is I, I I love what's happening in China. You've got to do your homework. You're not going to be spoon fed. Um, you you can't. I mean, when the government says the economy grew seven point zero 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 percent, I'm being facetious. Right. Uh, and last quarter it grew seven point zero zero zero. Yeah, it does raise a question it or does. two. It does. <laughs> it does. And so, so, so you you've got to do your homework. And when you look at things like electricity consumption and rail freight activity. Um, things you can count and measure, you know, it's not an economy that's growing 7%, Jim. You know, and I guess that's how, but people jump on this, they jump on the headlines, they jump on the the media side of it. You're looking at three things that you kind of get a feel for, and I know you talk about this, the Greek problem, and, and again, we I don't want to belabor that, the Chinese problem, and then you also kind of simply the idea of commodities, the oil and gas issue. Uh, is that talk about that how it affects us from our economics what do you see from our side does that begin to pull a pull on us is that a big headwind or is that something we just have figured into the market and move on the, the oil and gas in, uh, issue in particular all three of them i think yeah. all three but but, but all three of them yeah but start first of all i guess with the oil and gas because that's on everybody's okay. mind just in the wall street journal today they were talking about we you know got to get a surplus in fact i was reading something earlier this morning about some of the ideas behind oil and gas and what we're seeing and the fact that we we've got such a huge amount of uh, surplus in fact it says 9.7 million barrels a day in crude oil production in april of 2015 was it's the highest monthly total nationwide since current since country started, and it was nine point seven million in April of nineteen seventy one. We're just producing oil and gas, and yet the price is going down. What's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's a great thing for the U.S. consumer. If you're a producer, it's a struggle because everybody's producing, and who are you going to sell it to? And therefore, the price goes down. It is among back to my list of reasons why the, I think the consumer spends uh, a, a bit more money. Consumers. The amount they are spending as a percentage of their income on food plus energy plus debt service is the lowest in 35 years, uh, which means there's more discretionary income uh, available. So, so the decline in energy prices as a re- result of this mass increase in production is great news for the U.S. consumer, a little less positive for the uh, U.S. Producer and for the energy stocks. Do you see then with this volatility that you're talking about? You're saying the second half of the year. I don't want to quote you, but I, I don't want to put a word in your mouth either. But you think you feel that we're still moving forward in a bullish mindset, and it's you talk about the fact that this is still an unbelievable market. I mean, people don't believe the market, and so do you feel even with volatility going up or down? And that's what I love the way you said that that that's going to push us forward. I think it will. Um, it, it, it actually, it's more basic than that. The economy is growing, albeit modestly. Earnings are growing, albeit modestly, and that's a beautiful thing for the stock market. I don't want strong growth as, a, as an equity investor. Strong growth invites the Fed to raise rates. It invites interest rate increases. It invites inflation. And that kills bull markets. Bull markets don't end of old age. They don't end at a valuation level. Bull markets end when there's an excess that has to get stomped on, usually by the Fed. Uh, so this, 
you know, kind of growing, not quite good enough. They, a lot of people call it the Goldilocks economy, not too hot, not too cold, is a beautiful thing, and that's what continues. That's going on then. Well, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Bob Dahl, Chief Equity Strategist, Senior Portfolio Manager at Nuveen Asset Management. When he comes back, we're going to review his top ten predictions and find out where he stands. You're going to be surprised. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, Contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. All right, we're back with Bob Dahl. We're going to go through his top ten predictions, and I'm going to kind of cover the ones that he's had zero problems with. Core inflation remains contained, but wage growth begins to increase. He's right on track. European Central Bank institutes a large-scale equity uh, quantitative easing program. Right on track. Predicted that in January, and guess what? They did it in January. U.S. contributes more to global GDP growth than China for the first time to, since 2006. He's on track. Technology, healthcare, and telecom sectors outperform utilities. He's on track. Done. But we got a couple of there that maybe are not quite so hot. So let's deal with the first one. Federal Reserve interest rates rise are rising and uh, short-term rates rise more than long-term rates. That's still a question mark, isn't it, Bob? Correct. Uh, I think we'll get that one right. Uh, I'm not worried about that one. The Fed will raise rates, in my view, probably in September. Yeah. Uh, they may do it again in December. Uh, you know that my argument continues to be um, zero Fed funds makes no sense in an economy that's been growing for six years, albeit slowly, and inflation's moving from very low to low. The Fed needs to get on with it. U.S. equities enjoy another good yet volatile year as corporate earnings and U.S. dollars rise. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, hard hard to call that one on June 30 when the stock market's only up 3%. uh, You just don't know. Uh, My guess is, I mean, think about it. If we had 3% in the first half, if we get 3 in the second half, that's 6. 2% for dividends, that's 8. If I get an 8% year, I'm going to have a lot of happy clients. (laughs) No question about that. Oil prices, number 8, oil prices fall further before ending the year higher than they were when they began. Yep, um, we we don't know. Obviously, we got the fall further, correct? We didn't never dreamt we'd see $40 oil, but Boy, we no did. We, we've had a rally. The rally to 60 was faster than we thought. We've fallen off a bit here. Uh, we don't know where we're going to end up the year. I think we still have a decent shot to get that one right. I am concerned. Not enough demand, too much supply. Oil could stay sloppy. All right. Then the U.S. GDP grows 3% for the first time since 2005. 
Yeah, we're going to get this one wrong, Jim. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to be stubborn. I think we'll get 3% for the balance of the year, but the, the weak first quarter is going to make it tough for the whole year to be three, uh, and that's why yeah, that one's heading in the wrong direction. And then finally, number 10. This is a big one. For, I love the way you do this one. I love it. And it's still a great big question, Mark. The Republican and Democrat presidential nominations remain wide open. Yeah, the, the Republican side, you know, check, check, check. check. Um, you know, there are about 122 Republicans running for president last count. Nobody has a clue. That's right. um, I saw the poll this morning. Donald Trump is in the, in the first spot. Can you believe it? Yeah. On the Democratic side, you know, everybody thinks it's Hillary. And I'm not saying she's not going to get the nomination, but I don't think it's a coronation uh, as people think. I think there, there there's some issues, and we'll see how they, they, they play out. If you're a presidential politico, this is your time. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's, this is a, exactly. Let me ask you this question. Jeremy and I were talking about this, and Jeremy, you may want to ask the question on all the volatility. What would you do for allocation at this time? What would you tell a client, Bob, from your perspective? Is that what I said? What, exactly. Yeah. What would you tell yeah, a client? It, it, Keep keeping it simple. Whatever your normal allocation is, I'd be ten points over in stocks and ten points under in bonds. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I know you said this earlier. You said the S and P five hundred index has never risen for seven consecutive calendar years. Yet this is a distinct possibility that twenty fifteen that could happen. What do you we th- could have a new record, exactly. Wouldn't that be a, a nice thing for the history book, seven up years in a row? Seven up years in a row, and yet it's still a, a market that's not believable, and that's exactly what we see. Bob, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate you being here. You always share great information with us. He's the chief equity and strategist, senior portfolio manager of Nuveen Asset Management. Thank you, sir. Have a great All weekend. Thanks, Bob. Thank you the same. All right. Well, you know, it's amazing. He always gives us information. I like reviewing his top 10. And, uh, you know, it gives us, I mean, when you think about it, he, you know, he says the U.S. GDP grows at 3%. Well, he says maybe we didn't. First quarter sure. was tough. But the next, you know, this next, he's very optimistic for the next six months. What I like about Bob, when it's not healthy to be optimistic, he has no problems. Yeah, he'll admit it. And I think, too, with predictions, sometimes they're going to be right. They're just maybe a little early. A little early, right. And, well, the idea behind quantitative easing for Europe, I mean, he literally, we talked about that in December, and he said they got to do something. Well, right. lo and behold, they do it in January. A lot sooner, yeah. Yeah, a lot Absolutely. sooner than anybody thought they would. Core inflation remains constant, but wage growth begins to increase, and we're actually seeing that. You know, again, I, I just appreciate what he says and, and how he does it. And again, the, the thought that he says, this is still a market that is not believable. And you talked about some statistics about that earlier, too. Yeah, it's a lot of people are changing. And, too, it, it gets hard, when you, especially when you talk about when we talked about valuations and we talked about stocks or U.S. stocks overpriced. You know, people don't want to invest when the market's down and the economy's not looking good and they're negative. And then when it's looking good, then they start thinking they don't want to invest and we talked about consumer spending. You know, a lot of people have more money in their pocket. Well, they're not saving it. We do need them to spend it. But from our perspective, from a personal planning perspective, they need to be saving it as well. Yeah, and he talks about the fact that, you know, equities, and we, we talk about, in fact, we're going to deal with that. But he said something about equities that even though they, they're going to be moderate, you know, considering what we've been going through, they should still press higher at the second half of the year. And I like the way he said, 3%, you know, the first half of the year is 3% second half and 2% dividends. He said, you know, 8%, and he's exactly right, an 8% return on the equity side of any market. Uh, that's a big That deal. is really good. I like what he said when he said allocation, 10% more in stocks and 10% less in bonds. 
and yet a lot of people struggle with that. We'll talk a little bit about sure. that when we come back. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. Our guest has been Bob Daw, Chief Equity Strategist and Senior Portfolio Manager, Nuveen Asset Management, and uh, he's done a great job for us, giving us his top 10 predictions. He's always a great guest. When we come back, we're going to talk about Gen Xers and Gen Y, uh, the millennials, and what some of the things they should be doing, and we'll give you some insight into investing and asset allocation. So stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. The views and opinions expressed are those of Bob Dahl only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Shoemaker Financial or Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services do not make any representations as to the accuracy, compliance, or effectiveness of its content. Neither Securian Financial Services Incorporated nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Bob Dahl or Nuveen Asset Management. Helping you make the most of your money, Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Right, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You know, we were talking to Bob Dahl, and he's talking about you know his investment predictions and things like that. And I guess if we tried to summarize, and I, again, I'm not so sure I can always do a good job of summarizing what Bob Dahl says because he is a very, very deep thinker and does a great job. But if you really think about it, he's basically saying, and, and I'll try to kind of consolidate it, the economy is going to strengthen in the second half of the year, and that will should extend the, the bull market, I mean, if you think about that. Yeah, I think part of it is talking about corporate earnings. We're starting to hear earnings coming out. Coming out. And, you know, first quarter suffered from the ending of last right, year right. earnings, so that he feels like the second half earnings reporting should be pretty good. You know, he had predicted a 3% GDP growth, and the reality is he said the second half, possibly the first half, we had the first quarter that kind of had a drag on it, so he didn't make it for the first quarter, second quarter, or the first half of the year. But the reality is he's expecting that the economy will continue to strengthen, and that's extending the bull market. So that's a very, very optimistic, positive thought from him. Another thing he said, and he didn't say it this way, but but I heard it. Europe will be fine with or without Greece. Yeah, I think I think everybody's been saying that, but it's very hard. It's been so much in the news, yeah. and just being part of the euro has has highly affected it. And here's one reason with with Greece talking about numbers, and we've talked about this a lot. But when we talk about things that are out of whack or our governments and things that they're doing and spending, if you think about it, and everybody here locally and and domestically in the U.S. talks about our Social Security system and people that are retiring, should I take it now, should I not, because it may not be there. Well, the cost of the Social Security in the United States basically represents 5% of our economy, which is 5% of a $16.2 million, uh, trillion, trillion, sorry, <laughs> trillion uh, economy. So if you think, put that in perspective to Greece, 
Now, again, 5% of the U.S. is only part of the Social Security. Greece's public pension system, 16% of their economy. 16%. 16% of them is paying for people that are not working today. Absolutely. That's a huge strain. And that's just and you wonder why they're, why they're, they're in trouble. trouble. Yeah, and why they vote the way they do. I don't blame them. But, uh, you know, last week we talked about with uh, Rusty Leonard that Greece was uh, their economy is about the size of Houston, Texas. So, again, I guess what the prediction from Bob is Europe, and I don't want to say, again, this is his words, will be fine with or without Greece. And so right. that's kind of the thought process from that. Um Here's the thought. I mean, he's kind of saying, and I guess it goes back a little bit, this U.S. growth uh, is going to get stronger, stronger and stronger, even though the contraction, we talked about that already. So he, with that happening, with this growth going and the movement, are we going to raise interest rates? You know, he said he felt pretty certain that we had raised interest rates in the second half of the year. I, uh, I've i heard people say, no, we're not, and uh, she can't afford to. But I think there's a there's a mindset that sometimes September or December we should see a slight rate, and I think the market has got that figured in. Right, and I yeah, think I th- he's kind of saying that to us. Yeah, I think Bob was, and and kind of what he was saying uh, to Jenny Yellen was saying, get on with it. Yeah, you know, he it's kind of like Greece. We're saying, get on with it. We're ready to move on. Let's go ahead and if you're going to make the move, let's. And he actually probably predicted it to be a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, and more September why, than December. Right, yeah. right. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. If you're going to do it, do it. But it's got it. We got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, be, slowly, slowly doing it. Yeah, and I think that's what he was trying to say. Also, what I heard him say, and again in the summary statement, not trying to quote Bob, but a summary statement that China is um, not always exactly what China says it is. And China may can still continue to contract a little bit. That it's, um, I love the way he said it's seven percent, and uh, everybody's supposed to believe that. And then they say again it's seven percent. So again, I think what he's saying is don't always believe exactly what's coming out of China. And China will still continue to contract and and have some problems. Uh, I don't think people are going to criticize China, and they're not going to go that go that far. But um, I think China is a little bit of a disaster, kind of uh, waiting to happen. And how that's going to affect us, there are a lot of people talk about that. And uh, most everybody at the end of the day will say, well, China's probably, uh, you know, will fix it in a way that we won't really know what they're doing. Right. And we just keep right on moving. Yeah, you just you just pay attention. Hopefully they make the right decisions and, and do things right. So, you know, because you don't know. Well, the last thing that I heard from him, and we'll take a break right after this, is that I sensed from him as he summarized that the bull market is not anywhere close to ending at this point. He even said, we've already finished this, you know, we could go and hit that seven years, and uh, that would be a, a record. Yeah, breaking re- records after still people are nervous about yeah. The overall market and the economy, that's just phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Well, you just tuned in. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We have uh, got a great second half of the program coming up. We're going to talk about some of the things that Gen Xers and Gen Yers need to be doing, and they should be five critical little problems, their biggest financial mistakes that they make, and we're going to walk through what they are and how to avoid them. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after Rebecca Brazier and Mid-South History Moments. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Though he is most famous for his very public part in the Scopes trial in Dayton, Tennessee, which concluded his life in 1925, 
William Jennings Bryan made a lasting impression on many aspects of American civil life and on the shape of our cultural landscape. Devout, populist, and progressive, Bryan was known as the Great Commoner for his faith in the collective wisdom of the American people. During his run for president in 1896, Bryan set the standard for future campaigns, delivering over 500 speeches across the nation while the other candidates stayed home and was the first presidential candidate to campaign in a car. Though he never won the presidency, his efforts were rewarded by his appointment as Secretary of State under President Wilson. After resigning from this post in 1915, Bryan remained publicly active and campaigned vigorously for women's suffrage, which was passed as a constitutional amendment five years later. The phrase, he kept the faith, is his epitaph. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, let's talk about Gen Xers and Gen Yers, those guys that make the financial mistakes. Like anyone, like anyone that we deal with, they always make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but sometimes there are ways of avoiding mistakes. And uh, that's with their money. That's what we're talking about, Jimmy, is with their money. And they, let me kind of define. Gen Xers are those born between 60s and and the early 80s, that's a Gen X, and then the Gen Y, or maybe are sometimes referred as the millennials, are born between the, the early 80s and up to the early 2000s. So, okay, that's right. that group right in there. Uh, so, you know, here's the reality is we're talking about the need to avoid making mistakes, but you've got some other thoughts. Yeah, well, what's the other group? You know, you got Gen I know X's, the other groups you know, real well. You're not in either one of those groups? Oh, no, no, not okay. that group. But I could be. You okay. never know. Well, I have a mindset of that group. How's well, that? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, the other group is the baby boomers, which actually is much bit larger than the other two. Absolutely. Not the other two combined, but the other two individually. And, you know, I was reading up a lot about baby boomers, and it's not just the aging and the cause of that baby boom. You know what really caused? No, I have no clue. I'd say World War II had something to do with it. I would say that had a little, a little bit, bit to, to, do, with to do with it. And uh, that suburban uh, thing started. to suburbia. Yep, that yep. started uh, creating and, and, you know, families living out, raising kids. And, you know, the thing about baby boomers is, they're not babies anymore, for sure. Thank you. But <laughs> but the oldest boomers will turn 69 years of age uh, this year, and the youngest boomer will turn 65 in 2029. So uh, that's uh, telling you that boomers are going to be a big impact for the for the next 20 for the years. next 15, 10 yeah. to 15 years. Yeah. And so when you talk about Gen Xers and Gen Yers, so we want to talk about a little bit about savings and and some of the mistakes that Gen Xers and Gen Yers, baby boomers. What's the first one that you find? I mean, you think about this, there's probably four or five. I think we're going to try to talk about five mistakes. Sure. What do you think they are? What's number one? Well, I think they don't get much help. Uh, You know, when we talk about, and it's part of it is the mistake of our profession. You know, our profession, you have a lot of people that just want to go after the boomers who have already saved and have a lot of money put aside, and they're the easy easy targets. Well, in reality, we should be seeking them out, seeking out the Gen Xers and Gen Yers and the millennials to help them, to educate them, because they're going to be a big part of the future. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but you just that's a great point, because a lot of times that Gen X and Gen Yer think they can't afford 
a financial planner. Right. Somebody like ourselves, they know it's a fee-based orientation. And our guys, our young guys that are in the firm, are very, very focused and have priced their their practice around this group of people. So those of you that are listening, if you've got a question or a concern and you need professional help, Call the office and ask for someone of our one of our younger people, and there's several in there. We've got a great group of young people that are doing a wonderful job of building their practice around, like I did several couple of years ago, around a group of young people, and they've grown up. You know, I've grown up with them. You've grown up with your group, right. and that's what they're talking about. So the Gen X, so number one, what you're saying, the first mistake, they don't seek professional help, and I think it's because sometimes they don't think they can afford it. Yeah, well, you don't wait. That's the hard part. You don't wait till you have something to seek out help. You want to have it. You want to seek help before you build it, and it can build a lot faster. So putting that plan in place uh, early on will help build up and growing up together with people that you go and seek advice from. Well, let's talk about number two. I mean, uh, what do you see as the second biggest issue that these Gen Xers have? Well, we just talked about getting help and seeking help. The other part is just the lack of savings. You know, there, it's just Gen Xers uh, and millennials for sure coming on board, just not saving enough. Um, more and more today, and we've talked about this a lot of times, you know, the old pension plans and companies protecting you and, uh, you know, providing you a retirement income mm. and social security's changing over and over. And it might not be there for the Gen Xers or Gen Yers. You know, one of the things too, not only are they not saving money, but there's a statistic out by bankrate.com that says nearly two in five parents, that's 37% with children at home, which, by the way, this is going to be the Gen Y group, Gen Xers and Gen Ys. There's going to be children at home under the age of 18 do not own any life insurance, either individually or group coverage through their employer. And this is the parents. That's the parents. Not just the the young children. It's the parents parents. that do not have – that makes – you know, my skin crawl, it makes yeah, me nervous. Well, think about that, because you just had a recently had uh, someone that, you know, working with you and had it was died early, 30, someone young, 30 year old. Absolutely. Totally from an accident. Uh, uh, just not not really something that should have happened. Uh, but it happens. Yep, they're not thinking about what could happen mm-hmm. and not thinking about the future. And they're thinking about just today and tomorrow. But. Yeah, that's a real problem. And so when we talk about savings, and you mentioned that as the number two problem, savings, we used to talk about 10%. You know, if you just set aside 10% of your income, but that's really proving now not to be enough because of Social Security, maybe not being as much, maybe not going to be paying as much. So we see the number changing. For the Gen X or Gen Yers, they need to be thinking about 15% of their income being a savings. And that could be 401k or, or, or private savings, but but. Bottom line is the number is fifteen percent. Yeah, it could be it could be higher for some people that have that lifestyle. You know, it's all depending on the lifestyle that you want. But Social Security is going to be a much smaller, smaller part of your overall retirement income. So you have to do your own savings. Mm, you do, and a lot of people spend money. They start out, and I think it's one of the best things they could do is to save money for their college education for their kids. But reality is, the best gift you can give to your kids. A lot of people think, well, it's get you know college education, and I don't want to say that that's wrong. But I think that the best gift sometimes you can do is say, I can retire comfortably. You don't have to worry about me moving in with you. 
And that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, I'm thinking about that, you know, for some people I know that it would be kind of tough if all of a sudden, you know, up chose grandparents and say, we don't have enough money to live at home, so we're coming in with you guys. Sure. Well, there are some really good kids that they raised, right, that might take them in, you know. <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> I'm talking to my son-in-law, so I know. All right. But that's, so that's a problem. So let's think about number three now, that they don't take full advantage. And, boy, you see this all the time. Oh, yeah. Employer match in the 401k. Working with some companies and their retirement plan. And, you know, we actually did a statistic, and actually one of the CFOs actually came up with this statistic uh, recently this spring, talking about how much money is left on the table from their employees Mm. from the match, not taking full advantage of the match. Now, that is just, that's free money that's just left out there that the companies willing to give and match dollar for dollar up to a certain point, whatever it may be, you've got to take full advantage of that. Well, there's statistics out that said, you know, that one-third of the employers today leave that money on the table. They don't they don't put anything in there. They totally don't take advantage. Absolutely. So anybody listening out there, if you have a retirement plan, make sure that if you have a match on your retirement plan that you are fully taking advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we come back, I want to continue with this. We're talking about mistakes that Gen Xers and Gen Yers make when they're dealing with their money. How do you avoid the mistakes? We've kind of gone through the need to seek professional help. Don't just not save, save, and we talked about how much, and then take full advantage of your employer match on your 401k. When we come back, we've got two more. So stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, this material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Helping you make the most of your money, Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, if you just tuned in, we're talking about financial mistakes that Gen Xers and Gen Yers make. And I guess with Gen Yers, that sounds like I'm using the right term, but they don't get professional help was number one. And we tried to share with you that you know, we understand that you sometimes, those of you listening that fall into that category, the reality is you think that a financial advisor, a guy needs a million dollars to do it, or you got to be, you know, a certain amount of structure. You got to pay a certain very large fee or something. We're trying to tell you that uh, reality is uh, we have provided a group of guys, or young people in our office that are there to help you to get started with you 
they're building their practice and they want you as clients. And the reality is it's because they're gifted in that area of guiding you through some of the mistakes. So just give them a call at 901-757-5757, and that helps you get them started. I mean, it gets, gets you connected to somebody, Jeremy. That's so critical. Yeah, they, you know, just getting started, and that's that's everything that you need to do, and it's growing to get to that million dollars. Right. You have to start. Yeah. And, you know, getting help, that definitely will get you, get you faster. And, you know, if you just pick up the phone and say, look, I don't want to obligate myself to anybody, but I want to talk to somebody. We're just saying start. Don't wait till you're 45 to start saving money or start putting your 401k or start getting the life insurance that you need. If you get, we talked about a statistic, you know, that said 37 percent of the people today with kids under 18 that have kids in the home are not insured, Absolutely. and that's a problem. That's yep. an issue that financial planners work with and and help people understand the importance. Whether it's term insurance or permanent, it's not really that important. It's just the fact that you have your family covered. Absolutely. We're talking about savings for retirement. Well, retirement really doesn't matter for the family if something happens, happens to early. somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So get professional help. We have a lack of savings, which is number two. And uh, the Gen Xers and Yers don't take a full advantage of the employer match. But what's number four? Well, number four, we were just talking about investing in your uh, company retirement plan or your employer's retirement plan. Uh, but secondly, or number four here, is they're only saving in the 401k. So when you're talking about, yes, you do need to take full advantage. You do need to participate in the retirement plan. But young people and younger people are making the mistake by only saving in the retirement plan and not saving for other areas. And that's the other thing. You know, you have when you think about 401k plans and retirement, that is savings for retirement. Mm. That's not savings for college. That's not savings for emergency reserves and saving for things that are going to happen as you go through life. And you got to you got to do that. You know, there's another area that you could save for for retirement outside of your company retirement plan. That would be a Roth IRA. So after tax dollars can go into a Roth IRA. That's another way to save. But again, that's for retirement. But everyone should also be saving and putting together a third just after-tax savings account that can be used at any given time as they need it. Because part of the issue, and and you had this statistic that 9% of recent home buyers are using their funds of their 401k to buy a home. Yeah, we just we were working with a large 401k just the day before yesterday, or maybe it was yesterday. But the reality, we saw like 20, over 25% of their their employees had used money. Now, it, they had borrowed the money from their 401 We're not saying they were for, for home buyers, right. but home buying. But the reality is it was an access that they could use and get back into the plan, you know, from that standpoint. Yeah, if, if you have a if you're going to end up possibly, and when you, again, life happens, uh, that you might need to take a loan or need money. But that's the reason why you need the emergency cash set aside. So you can't just save in one place. you got to also save in a place that you have access to it. Exactly. And number five, they don't invest in stocks, Jeremy. They, they, it's, uh, they, I think we see this group of people, the millennials, the Gen Xers, Gen Yers, that they avoid stock market risk. They've lived through two severe downturns, and they got a little bit of that shell shock that Bob was talking about. And that's a, that's a problem. And so that's where we need to move that group of people because they have a very long-term risk horizon out there, 30 years, and they're not doing anything. Yeah, I think part of that is just because they don't understand it, and they don't understand the impact 
by not investing in it, how it's going to impact them. So they have to think long term. If you have two thousand dollars in your four hundred one k and it's down to a thousand, and you're twenty six years old, why worry about it? Yeah. Why care about it? You keep thinking long term. And long term, you can take more risk. In fact, the reality is, if you put a hundred dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month in a nine percent account over thirty years. Now, just don't worry about all the 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 stuff here. Just just stay with me. It's almost the same as saving three hundred a month. At three percent, so the reality is, take the risk, and you know you got the long term horizon. Right. You're going to have the cycles. You're going to have the word volatility that Bob talks about, which is both up and down, more ups than down. But the reality is, it gives you a chance to grow to a larger amount of yeah, money. Let your money work for you. Yeah. Put it to work. Save more or work longer. That's always going to be a problem for you millennials that you have to deal with. You know that you're going to have to put money aside. So we talked about the five mistakes you make. That is, you don't get advice. Your lack of savings. you got to think more about your savings plan. And the reality is that's critical. You need to put more money into your 401K, get your employer match. And also be sure that you do more outside savings than just a 401K. Well, Jeremy, great program today. Bob Dahl did a good job for us. Always does. Great show. Well, I appreciate everybody listening with us today. I want to thank uh, Art Frederick, who is our producer and board operator. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fordner. Production assistants, Eleanor Moskovitz, Katie Brashear. Compliance officer is uh, Jeff Long. And Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brasher and Drew Johnson writes it for us. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We're here every Friday helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Jeremy Jones are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC. A registered investment advisor, Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.